decades ago, but it was just in the 90s. You know, uh, it, it always felt like Stone Cold was around for 20 years, and really he just had like this little window of like five years where he was really taking over. Yeah. Um, and then things that we're going to talk about today, I could have sworn happened way before the 2010s, and they did happen in the 2010s, and they made my, my list. Uh, so... The strategy today is Mike and I are going to try and get each other to pop, see if we can surprise each other with our top ten lists. Oh, no. Um, and we are talking, again, the top ten stories of the decade. These had to help define pro wrestling, help define the tens, uh, help, f- help us figure out what's going to happen in the future, help us get to 2019. Whatever did that is how we built these lists. And, um, I can see Mike, uh, I'm trying not to look at his list, but I can see that he's, after I said we're trying to make each other pop, he's immediately adjusting his list. Oh, God. Get my poppiest ones up top. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling pretty good about mine. I I feel like I might have even gone outside of what's fair because of what we normally talk about, so I kind of cheated a little bit. Maybe some New Japan Pro Wrestling second. That was a spit take. Um... So yeah, what what these moments are supposed to be uh, before we dive into what they are, let's kind of talk about some of the criteria. Um, like for example, and one of my one of my honorary mentions, man, I'm pretty sure it's going to be in yours, uh, would be the night after WrestleMania when Dolph Ziggler cashed in his Money in the Bank contract. Okay, that's that's an exciting moment. The crowd went wild. Which it was a one of a kind thing. Feels like it happened in 1999. But it just, it it just, just happened. happened. Yeah, in like six, what, six, seven years ago? <laughs> now, the reason that I didn't include it in my actual top ten list is because part of the criteria is this: these should be big moments. We're looking at a whole decade, and, and it should have some sort of trickle-down effect. So the booking decision at the time, uh, it should have some sort of impact for, you know, a, a host of other wrestlers that should have something that resonates for years. Um, you know, did it have ramifications going forward? Um, and more importantly, outside of that shining second, does everyone remember it? Yeah. And I I know that with the one you just mentioned, that is one I will remember for the rest of my life. And it does jump up even on the WWE's list of like biggest pops. Right. But it didn't quite make it because of those... Um, because of those rules that it, it really didn't go too far outside of those couple of months. Like it was a great moment for Ziggler and I think he'll carry it with him for the rest of his life. But Del Rio left, I mean, really he's for the most part, unless you want to say, you know, wrestling is, is more than, than what we see on television, which it definitely is. But for the most part, he's, he's left the main circuit of pro wrestling and for Dolph, He's never come close again. Like that was that was the height of his career, and it's totally gone downhill. And whatever happened in that match, whatever happened with the Money in the Bank, I feel like they've never even attempted to duplicate it or learn from that. So it is, you know, just not. It's not. It wasn't a learning experience. It was just that one moment, and that was it. But it did make my honorable mentions, which we'll get into later because we don't want to bury each other's lists and say well that that's definitely an honorable mention and then it have you know have it be number one for one of us um but i i do want to say too part of the rules here if you're if you're at home and you're going to listen to this and you're like 
I can't believe, you know, uh, Kenny Omega fighting John Moxley wasn't the best moment of the decade for you guys. Like, we, we tried really hard to just get outside of wrestling matches. There are wrestling matches that have changed the scope of pro wrestling, but I, I mean, my list, I think I told you, Mike, I, what do I have? I can tell everybody right now, so you, y'all get ready. I only have one true match that made a difference in pro wrestling. Uh, and then I have a couple in my honorable mentions, but everything else is like a big story or moment yeah, that... Same. Okay. Mine are all cultural moments. Uh, I, I think together, yeah, it's, it's basically one and a half matches, I'll say that. Um, and so with that, let's kind of, let's get into them. Man, yeah. We put together 10 of these things. Uh, some of us did 17, it sounds like. Matt, your number 10 moment. From the decade. Number 10. That would be great. Number 10. <laughs> Mike, number 10 for me. So I, I think how we'll do this too is I'll go 10, you'll go 10, then you'll go 9, and I'll go 9. Okay. Number 10. CM Punk. Ready? Leaves the Ooh. WWE. Number 10 for me. Because of how, I mean, that moment was so huge, it's made his return that much bigger. But let me give you a couple of notes here. I, I, <clears throat> I think this is partially what led to uh, what some could consider a mass exodus, but definitely the departures of ones like Cody Rhodes, which we know where Cody Rhodes went. Um, it led to, along with a few other things, I think the signing, the, the necessity to sign AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, Daniel Bryan, with one of the best storylines of all time, gets the main event at WrestleMania 30 because, not solely because of this, but I, I just feel like this moment was so huge, but it is part of the reason that Daniel Bryan got into the main event. I think this is something that kind of shook the foundation of the WWE at the time when Punk left, when he just up, you know, took his bag and went home. Uh, and then I I think the, the biggest reason of this being on my top ten list is it brought to light because of the podcasts and conversations that Punk was a part of later on. It brought to light the terrible medical practice that the WWE um, is at fault for. Uh, their concussion protocols, uh, and they, you know, because of this, they got better. Uh, their health care their, that they're providing for their wrestlers uh, was pretty terrible at the time. So I think, number one, uh, this gives everybody a, a great idea of where we're going with this list. Uh, but number two, I think it's undeniable that this should be in everybody's top ten because of everything that happened after this and the, the kind of things that it made the, you know a difference not just in the WWE, but the pro wrestling as as a whole. I mean, we it, it was even referenced when uh, pro wrestling took center stage on the John Oliver show, the things that happened to CM Punk. Uh, he, he came up to this podcast a few different times, and what John Oliver was trying to do, again, was highlight how terrible the business practices are for pro wrestlers. Yeah. And he just kept bringing up this conversation that CM Punk had a couple months after leaving the WWE, conversation with Colt Cabana on his podcast. Now, um, 
you know, there's even a longer story there where then Punk started uh, a lawsuit on Colt Cabana, <laughs> uh, along with lawsuits on the WWE and the WWE filing back. Uh, so well, a lot of legalities uh, getting mixed in here, but I think ultimately it opened the eyes of uh, some of the WWE audience members. Uh, Vince McMahon and Triple H definitely got put on display for being at fault for most of the things that are going wrong. And then there's, then there's just the storylines that were part of the reason that punk left. Um, you know, I, I, I'll just, I want to get your thoughts, Mike. I, I think I've been talking I long enough. I think that, uh, that it was a huge moment. I actually had it at number five. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, the, part <laughs> of the reason is, you know, all the things you mentioned and it's, uh, you know, like solving a, a CSI crime. There's so many, like, you started that, like, Punk was the crime boss, and there's so many other little trickle-downs that occurred because of that. Um, like you were talking about, like, because of that, there was much more scrutiny with um, what kind of people were pushed, you know, who was pushed, why they were pushed, mm-hmm. um, you know, how injuries are treated in WWE. Like, it, it kind of opened the door for, um, like, the fan to kind of, you know, see what it's like. Uh, we, we actually learned the term independent contractor because of all this. Um, what an issue it is for these guys, the way they put their lives on the line, and they're not even technically employees of World Wrestling Entertainment. Um, and I think it, it definitely, to a much stronger extent, like beyond the, the what chance, because uh, I, I think at this point, when Punk had his last match at the at the 13 Rumble and Batista won, um, that's when it felt like everything changed because it felt like everybody turned on that match and that pushed us into an era where it felt like the fans do have an impact, like that WWE does listen to us for better or worse because, you know, they want to you know accommodate the people who are buying tickets, but you also don't want to have to like succumb to their wishes every time because the bottom line is, you know, you, you, you should know what's better for us than we do. Um, and if you just succumb to our wishes, you know, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan would be undefeated and it'd be boring. Uh, so, <laughs> um, because of what it impact, it impacted the audience, um, uh, the way they, you know, could interact, uh, cause they, they found a weakness. They found a chink in the armor for WWE who panicked and wildly rearranged all of their main events, um, leading into WrestleMania that year. Um, who they were going to push, who they're going to have be champion, all that. Um, it impacted other wrestlers. It impacted, um, you know, like social media talking about wrestling. Um, actually, made wrestling podcasts uh, interesting. It helped them boom while where people would talk about this. So, who knows? You know, it kind of impacted the the brothers of discussion existing, um, and then it should have positively impacted these um, independent contractors into getting more protection. So I, I, I thought it was a huge, huge moment um, because of all the, the follow-up discussion. Um, I'm going to throw in my uh, my 10 here. And it, it part of, partially kind of stems from, uh, like I, I don't think it would have existed without, without Punk's um, hasty, angry exit. Um, and that's in the, in the 2010s, Matt, I think we can look at it as where WWE finally embraced the everyman. Um, you know, there's been, wrestling is all about larger than life characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
talk about your San Martinos, your Macho Mans, your Hogans. You know, they all had a stereotypical body type. Um, you know, there's been smaller guys. Sure. You know, Rey Mysterio succeeded. I, I can't believe I said Rey Mysterio before Shawn Michaels, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, guys who are not necessarily superhero-sized. Uh, but 2010s are... I think they're going to be defined by, you know, an era that saw Daniel Bryan succeed, that saw CM Punk succeed. Uh, with NXT, it's run almost entirely by everyman. Uh, whether you, you were looking at, you know, the Sami Zayn's, uh, the Neville's, the Bo Dallas's, the, now we're looking at, you know, Gargano's and Champa's. Um, you know, AJ was champion for a while. Kofi was champion for a while. Adam Cole, all of the Undisputed Era, Mustafa Ali, the Cruiserweight Championships, Buddy Murphy's, uh, Finn Balor's, um, Mostly physiques, but, you know, we're not looking at guys who are all 6'3", 6'4", you know, 2'60". Um, and as far as, like, why you would do that, it's it's just a different kind of athleticism that, you know, the fans are looking for. They, they don't just want, you know, big, muscly goofs who, you know, don't know what an arm bar is. So I think the 2010s could be defined you know, by this, this type of superstar. Um, and it kind of started when Punk quit, and then we kind of looked for a new person about that size of Daniel Bryan, and Daniel Bryan had his horrible injury, and that was one of the more popular things. Uh, like, the crowd was clamoring for clamoring for it, because that's when AJ Styles really popped. Um, and from there, that's when NXT really started to get big, and then they WWE started to see money in all these guys, and so they created a whole cruiserweight tournament, and then division championship and it looks like it all it's all kind of rooted in, in uh at least partially to think is uh that punk exit because you could kind of do a, a, a test audience and see that people wanted wanted this so your number 10 is the oh. embracing of the everyman okay all right i got kind of I thought you were building up to what your number 10 was. Oh, no, I opened it with the embracing of the Undertaker. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought you were, like, saying the embracing because of, because of something. But, no, I, I think that's a great way to, to define it. And it's just, it, it's definitely something, like, getting more diverse and not just having one type of guy can run your company. Um, and I, I, I think uh, you were on the verge of mentioning it, but... You know, we've been getting a lot of um, CM Punk chants after Punk quit, and it, it's something to—it's something I hate, and I think that kind of thing it would, you know, it'd be nice for that to go away. But it's something where it's like the really what the the WWE fans are doing is they're they're looking for attention, and then they want to let the you know Vince McMahon and Gorilla know that. Um, we are paying attention to what's going on, and we don't want them to think that they're getting away with anything. Um, and I think that kind of morphed into why a guy like Roman Reigns just can't, we can't just accept him as our hero. And uh, kind of going along the lines of WWE picking the everyman, um, and, and starting to, you know, maybe pull back just a, a, a twinge. On, on how hard they might push a Roman Reigns because he still he still gets the main event push, but I think uh, with with how you're saying we've defined you know a new type of wrestler that can succeed uh, for this decade, um, and who knows, Mike? With the the interesting question is where they'll go 
with this definition of a new type of wrestler because they could make the argument that this has been the biggest decrease in audience and you know now there's there's an increase in competition mike um so who knows what they're gonna do maybe they're just gonna get further away from from what they you know yeah yeah. sometimes that argument's out there you know that, that ratings are dropping but you know we've talked about it on our our weekly episodes and that's it's the ratings drop across the board for everything like, even the NFL, which is, you know, the beloved sport of the United States, mm-hmm. even their ratings are dropping. And it's not that people necessarily lose interest in, you know, said topic. It's just that that rating system is antiquated. So people would rather DVR, you know, the NFL or watch on an app or something like that. So it's yeah. um, a little bit tougher to say. And, you know, especially WWE Network, it doesn't have, you know, we don't do pay-per-views anymore. Um it's a it's a special event that you could watch on your phone and where you could you know have a bunch of people over watch it on you know your PlayStation or what have you. Um, so I just I, I don't think WWE's worried too much about those numbers dropping like and thinking that that's the reason why. At least at least I would hope so because you know it's it's all about getting people in front of that network like we're doing uh, happen to be doing tonight for tables, ladders, and chairs. But Matt. Um, I don't know if you want to go into this more, or if this yeah, is something that touched I, your list, or we could go into number nine. I, I would say that it touches my list in a bunch of different ways, but I think I just did it in in different ways. Uh, I could probably make the argument that my number nine is, is that, but you're going to do yours first. But I, okay. I, I wanted to say, in regards to you know, we understand that the the ratings aren't making that big of a difference anymore and there's so many other things to measure to make sure that people are aware of your product and are buying it um but i do wonder if the wwe they have they are a company that uh they've shown us that they are willing to listen but they're also a company that when they have an opportunity to tell us that they were right all along that they want to take that opportunity so I, i wonder if it'll start to turn into something you know in a more Roman Reigns direction, Reignsy direction, because they'll just turn around and go, "Well, you know what? We gave you AJ Styles for five freaking years, and look at where we're at. Now we've got AEW to compete with, and nobody wants to watch our TV anymore. <laughs> Nobody's showing up to the shows. So look at what you did. We listened to you, and you stopped watching. Look where it got us. Yeah, <laughs> we're never listening again. And that. Get out there, Roman. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, I just, I, I just worry that the, those numbers will be used in the wrong way. But um, you know, it's just me looking at how the WWE works as a business, and not, I, I would never give them the credit to to do the right thing um, and and know, like interpret the numbers the right way. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. Like, that'll be the interesting when we do the Century show. Like, 2010s were defined by, you know, we had ruthless aggression, then we had little guy aggression. What's what's going to happen, you know, 80 years from now? What are we going to be looking Small back at? Small guy syndrome? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt, what's your number nine? Wait, were you supposed to do your number nine? Yeah, I can do my number nine. Here we go. Uh, I said uh, Nia Jax punching Becky Lynch in the nose. Oh. 
Whoops. Forget about that one, huh? Oh, man. This was one of the biggest moments in wrestling. Yeah. It was so huge, Matt forgot about it. Uh, (laughs) Um, Why was it so huge? Uh, I got to add that to my honorable mention. It arguably created one of the biggest superstar reactions, you know, since, you know, uh, Daniel Bryan's yesing, since Stone Cold. uh, That's what she kept getting compared to. Uh, created the whole man moniker, um, and Becky, it, it helped just launch her, I wouldn't say into the stratosphere or the moon, it just launched her into a, a whole new dimension, she just transcend. she became, you know, uh, the face of the company, she was on video games, she was doing the interview show, she was Becky, yeah. two belts, uh, she was not just the, like, Apologies to Charlotte. She wasn't just the queen of the women's division. She was arguably the queen of all of WWE. Um, she was the man. Um, and I don't know if this would have happened with quite as much oomph if she hadn't accidentally got punched in the face for real by Nia Jax. Um, and Becky stayed out there during a, a Survivor Series invasion with her squad. Uh, blood you know, trickling out of her broken nose. Uh, standing triumphantly up at the top of the stairs. Yeah. Um, Timing, like, perfect. Because she was already ready to burst. And it was something at that time we had been covering since Money in the Bank that year. And I just kept saying, like, like, even at SummerSlam, I was like, you did not need to make this a triple threat. But because they did it, it just made us want her to hit the top of the company that much more. Yeah. So then for that to happen at that time where it's ready to burst... Yeah, it was like the, the best happy accident of all time. Yeah, it's it's better than anything you could plan. And I, I mean, I'll say right now, like that, I'd love to take out my number nine right now and put that in there, because that is a, an amazing pick for a number nine. Um, and it, it's even right now, I don't know if you saw, but Taylor Swift is stealing the moniker of being the man. And Becky Lynch tweeted it out, like, oh, I guess somebody's copying me, probably to get, you know, uh, the WWE team, the legal team, (laughs) make sure that they get eyes on that, because, no, it might be fun to say you're just as cool as Becky Lynch, but uh, you can't say it exactly like Becky Lynch, that's uh, not cool, but, I mean, I guess just to that point, like, what was built from that, um... And, and it all started from just this... I mean, it's the legitimacy of the whole women's division. That that Yeah, that is something that really catapulted, you know, women to the main event of, like, WrestleMania. Something mm-hmm. I, I don't know even WWE really imagined. Um, you know, when they started pushing somebody like Ronda Rousey, I, th- I think that they could see that it was money, but not until the fans were invested with this huge moment mm-hmm. organically. That's the hardest thing to do in wrestling is get that organic crowd reaction. And it was all all thanks to Nia Jax making a little oopsie. Yep. And she even, man, you remember everybody coming back and spitting at her. Um, I get, and that's a whole Yeah, there's a lot of venom for that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, that, it, it arguably could have been higher up the list. Um I don't know, but there's there's more to come. You'll see. Well, there's I, I like where it's at on the list because there's other things that happen that you could still say led to that. And I've I mean I've got some in mind. 
Because I right think now, there's been that tired argument that, you know, there's nobody good since the Attitude Era. And it's like, no, I mean, John Cena's everywhere. That's not true. Right. Um, I think Orton is in a lot of places. Um, but I think that Becky Lynch having this moment and, you know, being all over, you know, Fox, ESPN, um, you know, like Kids' Choice Awards, like, it, it, I know it sounds silly to even put the, put that in the same breath, um, but it's, it's true, like, it, it made wrestling cool again, like, Becky made wrestling cool. So, Matt, we're gonna throw it back to you, what do you got for us at nine? My number nine, uh, was more than just, like, one moment, and it was the span of quite a few years, uh, but it started at, um... Well, just let's let's call it what it is. It's the Daniel Bryan saga. So this started. This is why I'm I'm putting this above the CM Punk leaving. So I'm going back to back. So CM Punk leaves, and I'm saying part of that is how Daniel Bryan gets the main event. But the Daniel Bryan saga started well before that, and and I I even have notes starting at that SummerSlam main event with John Cena, where he beats John Cena, then immediately loses to Randy Orton. But you could even make the argument it was, you know, it, it started when he was with uh, Nexus and got fired and then ended up ended up being the extra man for the Survivor Series match because uh, they realized, like, all right, what he did wasn't that bad. Uh, remember, he, he took Justin Roberts and choked him out with his tie. Yeah. And then he gets fired uh, for doing that. And then um, next thing you know, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan chants, bring him back because he's... <laughs> He's turning into CM Punk at that time. Uh, and then Daniel kind of turns face. He has that little stint with Kane. And in that, he just became so lovable. Uh, I think Daniel Bryan, as we know, like looking at him today, his face promos aren't that great. But you have a great guy, a, a great heel promo artist, and then a great, like, lovable sort of storyline. Yeah. To come from the Kane uh, storyline. Uh, where it was Team Hell No. And then that kind of erupted into another, like, fan-built appreciation uh, that, you know, he was getting the Daniel Bryan chance while John Cena's in the middle of the ring and they're talking about who's who's his next opponent at SummerSlam. And Daniel Bryan is off camera. He's in the corner of this group and the fans are just going nuts. And then eventually, Mark Henry grabs Daniel Bryan and raises his hand. And then the <laughs> whole arena erupts. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. But then that pretty much launches this storyline of Daniel Bryan getting title shots and having the uh, authority keep taking it away from him. One for Randy Orton cashing in the money in the bank after SummerSlam. And then just match after match. Then there was like a referee cheating. It, it, it got kind of, you know, it actually turned into some bad television. <laughs> <laughs> it was just kind of, you know, repetitive and boring. Um, then he gets pushed outside of the main event card. And this is this is when he loses to uh, Bray Wyatt at the Royal Rumble. And then we wanted Daniel to still enter the Rumble, and he didn't. And Rey Mysterio gets booed for the first time in his career because he comes <laughs> out at number 30. Uh, you know, Blue Tista wins uh, the Rumble. Or I guess he wasn't Blue Tista yet. He was Boo Tista yeah. back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, then, then the saga continues, uh, and you've got, I mean, this this felt like a whole decade, is why I wanted to put it in the list. It felt like it started with the, the Nexus stuff, with, with the Miz, um, 
But then Daniel Bryan wins at WrestleMania 30, as we all know. He beats uh, Randy Orton and Bautista in the main event. Loses his father. Gets married. Gets concussed by Kane. Fights for, the like, about the next year. Wins the Intercontinental title. And then it's kind of this game of, like... When is he coming back after he wins at WrestleMania the next year? I think it, he opened WrestleMania with um, an Intercontinental title ladder match uh, that hit he, he him and Dolph Ziggler are actually doing headbutts at the top of the ladder while <laughs> Daniel Bryan's concussed. Can't fancy picture a worse move for Daniel to be doing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, then Daniel announces his retirement. And uh, it's it's a couple years that uh, before we get... Well, I guess in the middle here, we've got Daniel Bryan joining SmackDown as, as a GM. Then you've got these conversations with The Miz on the, the SmackDown post-show on, on the WWE Network. Uh, you're building up these storylines that it just kind of felt like, oh, wouldn't it be great if Daniel came back? And, uh, and then all the while this is going on, he's silent about his trips to these hyperbolic chambers that I thought were only a thing in Dragon Ball Z. But, uh, <laughs> or I guess that was the hyperbaric chamber. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the hyperbolic chamber. <laughs> can't believe he didn't oh, call me out yeah. on that. <laughs> I mean, the way he described it, it was the hyperbolic chamber. hyperbolic, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's using the hyperbolic, hyperbolic chamber. <laughs> That's what the brothers of discussion are. This is the hyperbolic chamber. <laughs> I'm glad I called myself, and now I know how interested you are in watching this Elimination Chamber match on in front of us. Um, and, and of course, you know, I'm kind of just telling this whole story, but we know how it all goes. Then Daniel Bryan comes back. He even wins the, the WWE Championship, and we're watching him defend it right now at uh, this, this past um, Elimination Chamber with the uh, beaten Kofi Kingston here. But I, th- I think all of this, because I, I just remember... Seeing him come back, and I remember crying when he retired. I, I, I definitely f- had some tears flowing when he came back because you just <sighs> there's something about I don't know when people close to you find success. Sometimes you get a little like eh, I don't like it, but I don't know. There's something about like a Daniel Bryan like he lost everything and then he got it back, and it, it wasn't about him losing a ton of money. It was. He had his dream, and it was taken away from him just because, yeah, because I, he lived his dream. That's why it was taken away. You know, he gets that, a concussion. That's part of why he got over so hard is that, like, authenticity. Like, it, yeah. it felt, you know, he really, really loved his job. It seemed like he really loved the fans. Uh, and to see it all snatched away was heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, so when he did, you know, retire, I, I think if you didn't shed a tear, I, I don't know what you're doing listening to a wrestling podcast. Uh, and then when he came back, it was uh, the most, you know, elation you've heard in a ring in, you know, quite some time. And I, I, I got to confess, that's why I had the yes movement being number four moment of the decade. Um, and it's because of that trickle-down effect. Like, uh, it kind of got us to that everyman thing that I, I mentioned um, a moment ago. And um, the way the timing worked out, I think WWE kind of saw there was a void for a, you know, uh, a smaller indie wrestler to kind of be that underdog for the whole company and that's where that AJ Styles signing came in and you know yeah. since then they've you know 
really opened the door to independent wrestlers and not just guys who, you know, went through the WWE factory. Uh, and then, you know, the Yes Movement transcending into other sports, uh, you know, being up there with, uh, you know, the Wave and uh, YMCA and, you know, people wooing and car wash claps and now there's the Yes Chant. Like, the Yes Chant was, you know, the San Francisco Giants when they won the World Series. That was a thing. And it was only a thing because, you know, our beloved Danny Bryan was behind it. Um, you know, it was a probably the best underdog story WWE's ever done. Um, and it's because it wasn't just an underdog wrestler story. It was an underdog man story where we didn't think that this guy would ever get a chance to succeed in the company um, because of his 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 size. They always used to call him the goat. He's the goat face, Daniel Bryan. Um, and the, the people embraced him. He was the, he was one of the big, uh, you know, underdog small guys in the history of the company. And I think you could put him on, you know, make a case for him being on the, the Mount Rushmore. I mean, amazing I'm, wrestlers. Yeah, I, like I'm happy to take off some of these guys once we learn more about their lives. Um, talk about <laughs> Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. Um, Jesus, uh, what a great couple of lives they've lived. But then you've got a Daniel Bryan who fights for the planet and wants to make it a better place. <laughs> it gets booed he, for recycling. Actively... Right, you've got, so let's compare it real quick. You've got Ric Flair, every weekend is going to a different football game so that he can have 60,000 people chanting Ric Flair and going, woo, back at him so he can live the glory days again. Then you've got Daniel Bryan going on podcasts going, stop worshipping me. I'm not, I'm just a guy on TV. He's like, I, I'm happy to like make your day and to perform and, and like put a smile on your face. But I'm just a guy. And that's all he wants to be. Yeah. And he's, he's doing it that way, you know? Uh, he's doing, working this whole thing the right way. And he's he's got a but he's, nice little But he's family. such a guy, we can't help but idolize him. Yeah. Like, the more he says he that, the, he, the more right. he says that, the more I want to worship yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> he is our guy. He's digging his own grave. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's becoming more of an idol with, with those comments. I like that. Um, I mean, yeah, like... If I was if I was making a Mount Rushmore and I didn't have to give a shit about what you know wrestling Twitter would have to say in response to my Mount Rushmore, I would absolutely put Daniel Bryan on there. I have not, I don't know. I guess I was gonna say I haven't cried at a Ric Flair moment, but I forgot about HBK. I'm sorry. Put down you. old Yeller. Yep. <laughs> All right, so. That's my number nine, so now I've got to jump down to number eight, and uh, you probably caught me looking at my phone, because I, I realized I never did get this exact quote. Um, Mike, it was in May 2017, a fan asked Dave Meltzer, could Ring of Honor sell 10,000 tickets at a, at a show, just some pay-per-view kind of event, and Meltzer said, not anytime soon. And at the time, he was right. <laughs> yeah, oh. to answer that question, yeah, Ring of Honor, no. Uh, but Cody Rhodes said, I'll take that bet. And pretty much saying, I can take my group of buddies and we can sell out an arena. Yeah. Um, now, I think this is huge. Just that comment, because I feel like this is what led to what we watch on Wednesdays now, which is AEW Dynamite. 
but it was the all-in pay-per-view. Now, Cody did do 10,000 tickets, and he sold it forever. You know, you know when you think about, um, you know, the, the machine that is the WWE having to sell this every month. Um, but Cody had less resources, and uh, I think what this did was say that there was room for another wrestling brand. Uh, that maybe we were getting tired of what was going on. Uh, but yeah, my, I mean, I'll, I'll sum it up again. My number eight isn't just Meltzer saying that. It was Cody Rhodes Answering taking that bet and bringing it to television. That's a good pick. Yeah. That's a good pick. Where do you have it? Uh, I don't have it. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I did want, not want any Meltzer in my list. Uh, well, it's not Meltzer. It's Cody Rhodes and All Answering in. the call. All In is the number eight. All, All in being successful. Because Cody could have said, yes, I'll try that. And then he, you know, there's like a half of an arena's full. That's my, uh, that's that's one of my alternates. That's what I'll say. It's a huge deal, but I want I want to see more. Um, okay. I, I think it's awesome. That, that one instance, and then we all just kind of said, well, they did one show. I think you put enough money in it. <laughs> These wrestlers, you know, they could do one show. And then, by God, they did another show. And then another one. And now, they're on TNT. Which, you know, so are, so is like Suits or something. I don't know what is TNT program. Besides but, AW I mean, it's something we're watching and we're enjoying on a weekly basis. No, I'm teasing TNT. I like oh. AEW. Yeah, I, I'm just saying because of this and because of its success, now we have a yeah, whole I mean, other brand. Yeah, we just talked about Daniel watch. Bryan as an underdog. Yeah, and that's what AEW is. Yeah, they're going up against the Goliath. They're they're Daniel Bryan, and they got to defeat you know Triple H, <laughs> Batista, and Randy Orton. You know, um, who's stacking the card on every Monday, Wednesday, <laughs> and Friday against them in panic maneuvers just yeah. to destroy them. Uh, uh, yeah, and I, I think you're you know that's a that's a great selection. Uh, WWE did pretended that it was just a you know a, a friendly competition, but they also like you said they just booked balls to the wall. You know. Mm-hmm. title matches every single Wednesday to try and keep you from watching the show. Yeah. Which so, has actually been a pretty strong wrestling. So if we, if we replay this episode, the way we'd have to paint this picture is that this upcoming Wednesday is Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler and um, Adam Cole versus Finn Balor. Two old Bullet Club members going at it. Yeah. And I know everybody always wants to see AJ and Finn just constantly going at it, but you can't forget about that connection, too. Right. Um, but, and I, I'm saying this is happening. You New Japan elitist. Go ahead. This is happening because of Cody and All In. Because if that show yeah, is successful, a reactive then we don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, some of this stuff, WWE kind of misfired. Like, we saw, we saw some of the silly... Um, we have the boxer that showed up at a pay-per-view, and then the other UFC fighter that lost to Brock Lesnar. Like, some of this stuff is a huge misfire that they thought was was necessary to to try and, I don't know, flash their wallet against AEW. But I think that is where all of this matters, is, is like you put it, is the reaction from WWE. That's where we know that Cody Rhodes' success is a threat to the WWE. Now, if I had to put down my every penny 
I had into which company is still going to be around in 10 years. I know where I put that money, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to watch AEW every week, pay for all the pay-per-views, and hope and pray that even while they're not, I think right now their show is still going through some kinks. Those Dynamite shows, I think uh, some of the matches... I mean, to be fair, WWE's going through kinks, and they've been on TV for like 35 years. Yeah, but I, I, I just mean, even with that happening, all I want to see is success for them, yeah. because that just means we have another TV show to watch, and I think that's good. Now, what I hope for in the future is that like Raw or SmackDown will go away, and we can just make that like a one, two-hour show per week, and then we've got NXT, and then AEW, and then, you know, that, that would be so much better for my time. We've got other things we got to watch. There's a new Witcher show coming out on oh, Netflix. Oh, here we go. Okay. Just, how are we All right, let me time? do my number eight. We don't want to hear about Matt's Witcher podcast. Oh, All right. come on. Why can't... <laughs> here we go. All right, number eight. Matt, I like picking these huge moments that affect the entire company. You ready? Yes. Number eight. Kofi Kingston becomes the first ever black WWE champion. Boom. Nice. He could have been higher on the list. I put it at eight. So, I don't know if that's a metaphor. I don't know. I'm like, I'll just say I'm adjacent to that. It's, I think I I did something where it was like, how did Kofi get to this point? Yeah. But it's my number six, so there's a little teaser. But I, I, it's yeah, not exactly I, that. I mean, I guess you could say Mark Henry was world heavyweight champion briefly, but to that's be WWE number one. champion. Oh my gosh. I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen in the two. The I, don't, I don't think it's any kind of secret that if you go on the WWE Network, uh, most of the black wrestlers are just treated like goofs. Um, you know, today we have Street Profits, but we used to have, you know, Crime Time. You know, MVP came out of an inflatable tube. Uh, <laughs> Shelton Benjamin didn't win a thing in his life. Uh, of, you know, he, he, made, he hopped out of the ring in a Royal Rumble. Woohoo! Um, you got Junkyard Dog, who is, he's a Hall of Famer. You got Coco Beware, Hall of Famer. Never, ever got to be the guy. Um, and, you know, it's not it's not fantastic how Kofi got to that point. It was because of an injury to Mustafa Ali. <laughs> and Kofi was a, a last-minute replacement. Um, but I think it was one of those, you know, those things where WWE looked at how the crowd was kind of reacting to Kofi. And they're like, my God, maybe we do have something here. Um, and at a time when... Culturally, people are trying to be a little more woke about, um, you know, the state of being an African-American in the United States right now. WWE always tries to, they're always like a, like a day late to the party. Yeah. And so they're kind of like, wait, we have black guys. Maybe we should do something nice for them. <laughs> They've been wrestling, you know, for 35 years, you know, as, you know, Monday Night Raw been around. And we've not even like Bobby Lashley, who's a classic Vince McMahon, you know, cutout of what a wrestler should look like. Well, that's it. He's not a classic Vince McMahon cutout. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wrong... Yeah, a, uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. A, a, uh... You can't tan him. Right. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so that's... You know, it's it's been... Since we've been watching wrestling, there has not been a black man with the championship. Um, and Kofi finally got it. Uh, he didn't have it, you know, for one night and then immediately give it back to a white person. Uh, he actually got to carry it you know, from WrestleMania all the way into the summer, 
Um, he had to feud with you know Randy Orton for a while, and he finally lost it uh, to uh, Daniel Bryan. Came all the way full circle. Wait, you're Cole? blinking at who did he lose it to? Brock Lesnar. Oh, Lesnar. I'm so yeah. sorry. No, it was that two-second match. I remember now. Yeah, he I'm jumped so up. Lesnar caught him. F5. We all cried. Let's go home. Yeah. We've, and and since, we got wrap it up! <laughs> and, since, and since then, he's just completely, you know, not focused on the belt or a rematch. Yep. So it's, it's kind of back to WWE uh, <laughs> storytelling <laughs> and treatment of black people. Um, but at least, I think it demonstrated that we care. Mm-hmm. It demonstrated that we were happy to see him do that, and it you know was we were happy that at least he had the run that he had. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully that speaks up, you know, speaks well for you know the, you know the coming class behind him, uh, you know, be it his own tag team partners, Big E or, or Xavier, uh, be it Keith Lee in NXT, be it yep. the Velveteen Dream. I and I think one of the the, the themes I keep hearing um, with all these different podcasts I listen to, I, I you know. Our other show is about hockey, and uh, I brought it up on, on that show because the NHL is having its own trouble with diversity right now. Um, but you, you got to ask yourself, you can't fix everything in one day. It would be fantastic. You know, like sometimes you got to be a realist and accept that the thing that you like isn't perfect, but is it better than it was yesterday? And I think the WWE... Or, you know what? Let's not... Who cares what the WWE can say? As a fan, I can look at the WWE and say, you know what? It is better than it was yesterday. And if you want to take that as like a, you know, if I'm talking about it's better than it was a couple months ago or better than it was a few years ago, I think that's true. It's still not perfect. We have the departure of Jordan Miles, and I honestly feel like this guy has some real psychological issues that people are are saying see we shouldn't have listened to jordan miles no i think because of what happened it kind of got worse for him uh his own psychological state so something like not ignoring jordan miles on these issues uh would be like the next step so the next time this happens we don't have a guy that goes to twitter and loses his mind um, and I don't say that lightly. I, I'm honestly concerned for this man's well-being. But, um, you know, you'd like to see that not be a thing. And I think we're moving forward that when something bad happens, that they're at least making some movement to not let it happen again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his, his name, because you go on to say Jordan Miles, because um, that's how we knew him in NXT. Um, and they had a super racist-looking T-shirt. That's what Matt's referencing. Uh, you know, now he's Albert Christian Hardy. That's his, you know, birth name. He wrestles as ACH. Um, it kind of sucks that we got to put him in the same breath, but it's just that kind of uh, like horse blinder ignorance uh, on the part of WWE. It it just kind of makes you shake your head and think, you know, nothing's changed, and it. They're marginally better, you know, for having given Kofi a run, um, and hopefully they can not, you know, be too afraid to give somebody like Keith Lee or Velveteen Dream a run. You know, it seems like they want to push those guys. Velveteen is like the face of NXT when they, you know, cut promo videos, you know, to get you pumped up for Wednesdays, and Keith Lee had a hell of a weekend at Survivor Series this year. 
So it's not totally hopeless, but I think I'm, I'm just glad you brought up, you know, his Jordan Miles, you know, WWE, a.k.a., because there's still work to be done. Mm-hmm. So. But I, I still like that. It's an important entry to put Kofi in there because, my God, we there's no other decades where we could say it. Yeah. None. No other decades where you could say the WWE champion was a black guy. That's it. That's insane. That's insane. Okay, Matt. Are we moving on to my next one? or? Yeah. You're, right. Which one was that for you? Uh, eight. Okay, yeah. So then you're number seven. Yeah, my number seven is, uh, and it's it's tough because there's so many big moments lately in, uh, in the decade, but I had to say WWE signs with Fox. Uh, like, that's a huge, huge deal financially. Um, as far as funding things like getting NXT, you know, a couple hours and, you know, getting that with uh, USA, um, you know, funding, you know, uh, all these extra wrestlers that they want to have come in and, you know, do all these extra separate divisions, uh, helping to grow and expand the product because now they're able to advertise on a network that shows NFL football games. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just, uh, you know, this is basic cable that you can advertise, you know, Roman Reigns on. It's huge. Um, and, um, and it's not blood money. Yeah, that's, that's always a positive. <laughs> I do have that making the list too, a little bit later on. Um, okay. but it's a positive thing. It's, it's, it's business wise. It was a great decision. Um, and I think it's just funny that it's right when WWE starting to get popular again. And we're talking about, um, you know, Daniel Bryan, you know, having to be the yes man again, because right when that signing happened, he went from heel, now he's starting to go face a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becky Lynch getting more popular. Roman Reigns, his big, you know, punching the ground is like the image. Um, it, it's it's really to our benefit. If they can have, you know, a little more money that's not coming out of our pockets, let it come out of Fox's pockets. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm pumped to see uh, the... Uh, like, the production levels have already gone up, like, when you watch SmackDown to the other two shows. Um, I like seeing the, the way the camera angles work. I like seeing the way the, like, the storytelling is really getting good at, um, like, utilizing certain camera angles to get wrestlers' reactions as people are, like, you know, in the foreground or in the background or, you know, stage left, stage right. And it's all because they have that kind of fax money to, like, afford all these extra production hands around the ring. And it makes it feel like a, a more high-quality program. Probably help to get some input from, you know, let's get away from NBC and USA that primarily covers the NHL. Let's go to Fox that covers every sport yeah. <laughs> in the world and get yeah. some input from some of those production experts. Yeah, like, wrestling's never going to go away from the hard camera. Mm-hmm. You know, you're always going to have, when you do an interview, there's always the one way to face, but... Um, I really like the way they're, they're kind of taking some risks a little bit. Um, so it's, I I don't know if we need to dwell too much on that one, but because it's going to, well, impact Friday nights going forward, it's going to impact how we even view wrestling going forward. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things too, where we were talking earlier and there, there's, there's an item we talk about every Wednesday, which is the ratings, or I guess it's every Thursday, but the ratings between NXT and AEW. If you want to know or see the first bit of evidence that that does not matter, it's the billion dollars that Fox gave WWE before any of this started. 
there's so much more money to be got. <laughs> to be got. Uh, yeah, that's, that's so far outside the there's realm. There's Benjamins to be got. Yeah. It's uh, so far outside the realm of like what ratings are measuring right now that it's it's not even funny. Uh, but that that's... That's Exhibit A. You know what I mean? Like, that. that is it right there. That's that's where wrestling is um, right now. Uh, that's where the money's at. That's how much the value of the dollar has changed. That um, even something that we know is, is more niche than anything is worth a billion dollars. Um, and then that, that's also your, your evidence, too, that the, the WWE is, is going to have more resources than anybody uh, to outbid for more talent, to make their show look better, um, to make sure that they're still here in another 10 years. I mean, it's all it all wraps together. Um, but I think I think you're right. Like that that actually like those numbers even being announced helped the WWE stock grow. And I think we're going to see more of what's to come in the next decade. You know, like I think we've seen some some small changes here uh, as we as we end the year and SmackDown has, has really only been on Fox since October. Um, but I, I think that's the most exciting part is, is seeing where all this this Fox money goes going forward. <laughs> we know you know what's funny about it too is like when you're on USA, yeah. uh, it almost feels like you could kind of rest on your laurels. watching USA. But now that you're on Fox, <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, shit, we better get some some razzle-dazzle out there. That's like when I... Come Roman Reigns and dog food. Come on, get out there, Corbin. Sometimes I look at our podcast listener numbers, and when we have it, like, one of our episodes now has a two, 250 plays on it, and I, I was like, oh, fuck, I better go back and listen to that one and make sure it's good. Make sure it was a good one. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, it was tagged. Just right, so now yeah. it kind of blew up. I'm like, oh fuck! <laughs> what if it's bad? Yeah, um, I mean, uh, you, you, you gotta. I, I, like right when that signing happened, that's when we started having like NXT invasions, the the Raw invasions, all that fun stuff was going yeah. on. I don't know if it's gonna keep going now. The Survivor Series is over, but we're right up to Raw Rumble. Yeah. All those guys are gonna start fighting again. And it's, we gotta really impress them. You gotta make people tune in to, on Friday night. How are you gonna make them watch a wrestling show? And I think. Another good point coming out of this too is like how many different things are affecting like this this world that we love because you talk about NXT going and jumping shows. Part of that is to make sure that AEW loses to NXT, right? They want to build up these superstars on NXT. Um, but yeah, you're you're also right. It's because they have more Fox money and they also have more Saudi money. But um, I, that sounds like I'm transitioning. But I'm actually yeah. What's your next? Uh, what's your next one on the list? My my number seven, Mike, is Brock Lesnar's return. Woo! I think this caused so many wrestlers to leave the WWE. It obviously affected the way some main events are booked, uh, and like what's acceptable for a main event match. Uh, we've seen a guy that's pretty much held the title for a majority of the time during this decade. Uh, he dethroned John Cena as the unbeatable superstar. I'm not going to say face or heel because that's uh, Brock Lesnar seems to be outside of that realm. Um, 
And then he also ended the Undertaker streak, which we thought just wouldn't happen. It just didn't make sense for it to happen. Uh, and then we saw where that, like, kind of how that changed the Undertaker's career. And, and you and I talked about that. And I, I actually left that off my list. So I'll at least say that. I don't know if you included it on yours. But, you know, then we saw the Undertaker kind of just stick around forever to try and redeem himself after yeah. losing to Brock. Yeah, and now is, it just looks worse and yeah, worse. This is actually the next thing on my list, too. Is Brock Lesnar? Yeah, I, I kind of lumped it together with Rousey. Because uh, I, I think that it was one of the building blocks to get us to the point where they make a deal with Fox. That's they make a deal with, um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> where they make a deal with Saudi Arabia. Uh, because they, you know, we're trying... They, they always want to legitimize the sport portion of sports entertainment. Yeah. Um... Well, like you said, he ended the streak. He defeated Cena. He didn't just defeat Cena. He obliterated Cena. Mm-hmm. Um, Pushed him down to another level of the card, right? Like, yeah, literally you... knocked him off the top yeah. forever. <laughs> um, then he's you know he's been retaining a championship basically at every turn. Um, and then I just wanted to mention Rousey, who you know she's won two of her three WrestleMania matches. She was in high profile matches. Um, both of their contributions. You know, they appeared not just on WWE, but you could see them on ESPN. Um, and I think that's really what kickstarted ESPN, like, having a wrestling update. Yeah. Like, you can get updates because, you know, former UFC, you know, Bantam champion uh, Ronda Rousey with, uh, you know, victory at WrestleMania. Uh, but I think interest in her has helped what, you know, again, kind of kickstart the whole women's revolution. Um you know, it made that whole division more popular. It made it must-see. It made it main event pay-per-views or quote-unquote special events. Uh, well, I mean, so I want... I, like, well, people were kind of like, you know, why are they signing these guys? Just let the wrestlers do it. And they did it because having those transcendent superstars, and I'm not just saying that, you know, WWE lingo, like superstars, like Brock Lesnar is an incredible, you know, fighting machine. Yeah. And same with Ronda Rousey, who's a fighting and... Uh, like public relations uh, dream come true, um, they were they were huge moves. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I want. I mean, uh, one of the things with with Brock that I think changed the WWE and the way they book matches are, uh, and I, I just I, I wouldn't want to miss it is finisher fests. Oh yeah. Now we have. Main events at WrestleMania and SummerSlam and the, the biggest shows that WWE has to offer are, uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to dub them, or Finisher Fests. And it's because of that return of Brock Lesnar and the idea that he's not really getting hurt by a punch or a, a kick or, you know, a suplex to him or, or Barrett, you know, we, we watched his triple threat with John Cena and Seth Rollins. He got put through a table with a, a couple of finishers, and he still won the match. So, <laughs> it, it, it was, there's so many things that I feel came out of Brock Lesnar uh, coming back, and it, it has affected so many different things. I mean, it's, it's, it's changed the rule on, like, defending the title every 30 days. They're changing the rules on, you know, rematches, um, yeah, it's it's brought in, like the other, like you you mentioned, uh, you know, because Brock Lesnar was so successful, then conversation started of 
Ronda Rousey getting involved. And then we have uh, boxers and other UFC fighters getting involved. And now there's a bunch of guys that... I mean, you, you've got the whole four, four horsewomen down... Uh, got Matt Riddle. Yeah, and Matt Riddle. Um, like, people getting started in NXT now, because they probably see, oh my god, I have a talent for fighting, and I can just... I can just go to the WWE and not die by 40. It's it's a win-win for them. And if you get a Matt Riddle out of it, uh, for us as viewers, I, that's a win for us, right? Yeah, and, you know, like the magic of wrestling is that you, you know, suspend disbelief. Mm-hmm. And I think that having these real UFC fighters out there who do actual maneuvers that, you know, could break your arms and break your legs and, you know, make you pass out. Uh, it adds an extra thrill as a fan. So yeah. it's like a more enjoyable viewing product as well. So you might kind of grind your molars because you're not just watching, you know, classic, you know, mat wrestling between, you know, a couple of under 80 pound guys. But <laughs> having a monster like Lesnar, it's, you know, it's different strokes for different folks. And it's just, you know, something that, you know, you, you don't get everywhere else. This is yeah. a special occasion. That's what Lesnar is. That's what Ronda was. I think that's kind of what Shayna Baszler can be. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big deal and it, it's signings like that, that helps get deals with Fox. Yeah. Awful, disgusting blood money deals with Saudi Arabia. Uh, is it time for my next moment? Uh, so you went eight, seven, so then I go seven, six, but we know your six, right? So do your six. So my six is the formation of the new day. Okay. Formation of the new day? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, we're talking right now. We are an hour in. It's 6.50 p.m. I'm helping Mike out here because he pointed at his fake watch. <laughs> the New Day gets formed. The New Day gets formed. And, what I mean, we, we pretty much have the best tag team in the decade in the New Day. Arguably, you could put the Usos in there. Uh, but the, the most highly decorated. And then you've got... Like you mentioned before, Kofi Kingston winning the WWE Championship out of this faction. Um, Mike, I know we kind of already touched on it, but I think for me, I just wanted to take it to the New Day being formed is what resulted in in all of that good fortune and changes in the WWE. I mean, they they let Xavier Woods, Big E, and Kofi be themselves. I mean, Xavier went as far as to even put his his uh, his video game channel as a part of the WWE programming. It's up, up, down, down. Uh, these guys got so popular that they weren't even a part of one of the WrestleManias and were just hosts. And that was enough to sell the New Day and make sure those guys were making money. Um, but I, I can tell, Mike, you're looking at your phone. I think we need to... Do we we got to stop for a second? So let's... Here's what we're going to do. We are halfway through our list, because we know Mike's is including UFC fighters. What's your number six? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, so, embracing Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey. So, yeah, yeah. we're, we're going we're gonna to stop here at halfway, and uh, we're going to give you guys number five through one on the next episode. So it'll be our part two of Countdown, the Decade in Pro Wrestling. So... With that, everybody, uh, thank you very much for tuning in, and uh, please come back and check out where we at. We are at for numbers uh, five, five through one.
Hey Red Wings fans, as you guys know, there is nothing like the great sport of hockey. You've got that fast tempo, you've got guys putting up the fisticuffs, you got these highlight reel plays. How many more lacrosse goals are we going to see for the rest of the season? This is incredible. But for some of us hockey fans out there, it does get pretty tough. We got to search for some excitement. I'm talking about us Red Wings fans. Where are we going to find some excitement? Well, I can help you with that because I'm going to give you a source here. It's mybookie.ag. Put a little money down on these Red Wings games and let's make them a little bit more interesting. Now, mybookie.ag isn't just that site where you're going to be putting down your money. This site's going to help you with understanding every team and every game. So then you get to take that knowledge and turn it into some cash. Nobody gives you more ways to win than mybookie.ag. Mybookie has the best payouts, better odds than any other sports book. I am telling you right now, the brothers of discussion putting their stamp on it, they trust mybookie.ag. You can risk a little, you can risk a lot, and right now as Red Wings fans, maybe we want to make these games just that much more interesting, so we're going to drop down a little extra dough. But with Christmas around the corner, there's daily gifts that you can keep an eye on, you've got free plays, free spins, some uh, early Christmas presents coming your way as long as you go to mybookie.ag. Now, if you join mybookie right now, you will have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $100, you're going to receive $50 to play with for free. We'll play this game one more time. If you put down $200, guess what you're getting? That's right, $100 to play with. You can turn that money into whatever you want. You've just got to use the promo code THPN. That is in reference to the Hockey Podcast Network. Use the code THPN and activate your account, and you're going to be able to get this half of your deposit put right into your account from day one. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid.